Philo community, welcome back to the Philo podcast. We exist to help technical artists in the local church to become more effective so that our churches can become more effective. Basically, it's an extension of the Philo conference all the time, nonstop every third week. If you're new to us and don't know what the Philo conference is, let me tell you. Uh, It's a gathering designed specifically for those of us who work in production in the local church. And our hope is to provide opportunities for community, for skill development, getting better at what we do, and hopefully to be inspired. And for the last four years, we've had the Philo Conference once a year in May in the Chicago area. But this year, we're expanding to a second location in Anaheim, California, which is coming up on November 5th and 6th. So we'd love to see you there. And we're offering a discount to our podcast listeners. So if you go to our website, philo.org slash philo2019 Anaheim, you can see everything we have going on there. Main session speakers, breakouts, the schedule, all that stuff. And then if you go to register, you can use the code PODCAST99. That's all lowercase, no spaces, PODCAST, and the number's 99, to get your ticket for 99 bucks, which is $70 off the current ticket price. And since our price is going up shortly, that's a good time to get this done. I think the PODCAST99 is good through until the price goes up. Anyway, you don't want to pass it up. We'd love to see you there. Before we dive into the main content of the podcast, I wanted to talk about a little trip that I just got back from. And first off, I had an amazing time with some church tech people in Sweden at the Swedish Gurus of Tech Conference in a town called Uppsala, which is about an hour north of Stockholm. Uh, This is my third time at their event. And I love the fact that those of us who do production in the local church are basically the same, regardless of the country of our origin or the language we speak. And so it was a great time hanging out with about 160 tech people from around Sweden, Norway, and maybe there were some from Denmark there. Anyway, thanks to Alban and Johan for having me out. I love you guys and love just being a part of Swedish gurus. Um, on the same trip, I had decided to bring my mom along. Yep, she's, uh, she's 81. I think I could share that without getting into trouble. And she's never been to many of the places that I've been to and have the privilege to visit. And one of my primary reasons for bringing her along goes back to one of the overwhelming feelings I had surrounding the passing of Andrew Stone. So if you're listening to this uh, in real time, it happened a few months ago, Andrew uh, unexpectedly passed away. And he and I had talked about doing some really cool things together and we never did them. And that made me sad. Uh, As a result, I kind of told myself I would seize more opportunities to do stuff with people, not just talk about it. And this idea of traveling to Europe with my mom was one of those ideas that we had talked about, but now it's like, we need to do this. Honestly, I hadn't spent this much concentrated time with my mom since maybe before I got my driver's license. So I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Well, anyway, we had an amazing time and made some amazing memories that I will not forget and she will not forget. And Yeah, I'm just glad we seized the moment. Um, Nothing quite like uh, driving super fast on the Autobahn with your mom. Yeah, it was really fun. Anyway, don't just talk about doing things, do them. I think at the end of our lives, we will regret the missed opportunities, not the ones that we took. All right, enough about that. Let's get to the podcast. This episode is with Jeff Vandergeesen. He and I have been friends for 10 plus years And it was an amazing conversation to kind of relive all that's happened in that amount of time. I don't think either of us would have imagined where we are today, 10 years ago. And one thing that's been true of our friendship is that uh, I'm better after time spent with Jeff. And this podcast conversation was no exception. 
from his experience as a technical artist in Seattle back in the day to the hundreds of churches he visits a year through his company Amplio Group. We talk a lot about just kind of the what it's like to be a tech artist in the local church and the struggles that we all deal with. And so let's get to it. I'm here with my good friend, Jeff Vandergeesen. How's Hello. it going? Hey. Maybe just a quick editorial note. Uh, we've had this conversation once already and uh, yours truly over on this side of the mic is not super technical and I totally botched the recording. <laughs> so I think the battery died the battery and then died. the recording totally sucked. And then it just so. didn't record. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. the quality was... I think it was the the internal mics on the recorder instead of the... the actual microphones we're talking right. into. Yeah, so there's a lot of like handling noise that yep. was the recording. So I figured nobody wanted to hear that. So we're back here. Do it again. We're doing it again. So thanks for making more time. To, no worries. Yeah. So we've known each other probably, has it been 10 years? It's been pretty close to that. Yeah, maybe plus or minus. Yep. Let's, we don't need to get into those details. Yeah. 10 years seems like a long time. It's a long to time in what we do. That's yeah. right. But I think we met at a like a round table meeting mm-hmm. of... It was maybe this was before 10. the like the CTDRT. This was like right before, before church, tech, church leaders. tech leaders. This was this was Dennis Choi, Dennis Choi. Uh, just kind of pulling people together. I think it was multi-site churches was kind yep. of the the main thing, and yep. it's really interesting. On that, I think we met in Dallas, the, mm-hmm. where we met. Is that a fellowship? Fellowship, yeah. yeah. When I look around the table mentally in my mind, most of those people are not uh, working at churches anymore. Right. <laughs> Uh, Greg is, but he's not at. He hosts Greg Backus, hosted us at Fellowship. No, no, he had just moved. He to, just moved to, to Life yep, Church. Yep. So this was like his first time back in the building. Right, right. It's awkward. It was Dave. Uh, it was Dave. Dave. Sorry, <laughs> Dave. I can't remember your last name. <laughs> he had been at National Community. Oh, right. And, yeah. And he yeah. had just moved to. Uh, uh, take over there, and he's still there. Yeah, still there. I know. So you were there. Nate Kraus is there now. He, yeah. you guys worked together. Um, Daryl Kripe was there. Yeah, he we worked, now together. worked together. Yeah, I was there. We kind of worked together, but yeah, there were, there were a handful there were a few, of them. Yeah. Dennis mm-hmm. was there. Dennis uh, was there. He's still at his church, but he, he's his. He now he's like, runs he the runs place. the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He maybe did before back then, but now it's like in name. Yeah, the title he actually, hopefully the pay. I mean, San Diego's expensive. Yeah, right. Anyway, so that was 10 years ago or thereabouts. I think we ate at Heart 8 uh, Barbecue. Yes, I remember oh, that. Jeez, I did too because the I- big, The first time I saw that big like, yeah, what was it? Like, giant pit. It's like 10 foot by four yeah. or five foot deep. It's huge. I remember that time because I'd never been to any place like Likewise. that before and I did not understand the ordering process. No, it was very I ordered probably three times too much food. Easily. And they were, uh, they unfortunately, were, I ate it all. I, they can't possibly think I was going to eat all that. They right. just like they're just, just selling meat. Throw, yeah, they're just like, right. yeah, that was a lot of meat. Oh, so good. So uh, maybe why don't you tell us kind of what you're doing now? Yeah, and how you got to this place, just as a context for yeah, kind of a crazy story. You know, you all kind of end up down the road, and you can't really see exactly where you're going to be or what's going to happen along the way. It's, it's yeah, so life. True. Yeah, uh, and looking back, it's. Uh, I'm far enough down the, the road of life to see, I had no idea this is where I would be or what I'd be doing. No yeah. no clue. Honestly, yeah, I thought I'd still be on staff at, at Mars Hill out in Seattle and we'd yeah, be yeah. doing that forever because it was, it was amazing. And yeah, uh, well, frankly, if I still had the option to do that, I probably would still be doing <laughs> yeah. that. But uh, I, I um, think yeah. uh, maybe just on that note, it's amazing to me, the older I get maybe that, is it in Ecclesiastes, just that whole, there's a season for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about that that feels sad. Mm-hmm. 
that you know something's really amazing. You just want it to go on forever, yep. and you want the, the crappy things to end, but you know the the amazing things just to keep going and going, and they just don't. Nope, they do. And it's they not, do end, and it's not bad. It's just the way well, the Bible also talks about like not looking back with too much of a longing for for to, to relive those days or for those days to be right. present, like to still live with anticipation and excitement for what God has next and how right. He's going to use what that season was to you know. For other build seasons on the in next, the future. yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I think so. just to even uh, what I know of your life. I mean, that's that's the story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. That that all those. Uh, so yeah, going. you were at Mars Hill. So yeah, born and raised out in Seattle. Uh, I was on staff at Mars Hill, which I'm sure some of your listeners have heard of that place before. Right? It's been Many a while, of them, but... like it's been long enough that it's amazing. I travel around yeah. a lot, meet with people who've never heard of Mars Hill. But right. It was a it was a special place. It was a place. Uh, full of controversy, uh, 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 a place full of life change, mm -hmm. a, a place full of um, really seeing God work. It was amazing. I loved my years there. I was there eight years. By the end, uh, I had spent like the last five years building and co-leading what we called the development group. Uh -huh. There was a team, there was eight of us full-time. We had a, essentially an architect who would do a lot, of, a lot of the designing and drafting for new projects. We had a construction manager on our team. We had a finance former like... Wells Fargo VP, finance guy doing okay. all the lease negotiation and kind of the math. Uh, we the had math. full, full like design build uh -huh. um, AV piece okay. that we had on our team. And uh, yeah, the, the eight of us would find buildings and turn them into churches. And we got to do that uh, 24 times across five states. Wow. Which is like, you can't go to school for that. That's right, right. crazy experience. The ability yeah. to like walk into any building. Yeah. <laughs> thousands of buildings at this point. And just see like, what's it going to take, uh, time, money to to turn this place into church? Is this yeah. a good building? Is this the right location? Right. Is this feasible? Like, right. That like just honing in and developing that skill set uh, was a blast. Sure. And then being able to like do that work and kind of toss the keys to the new building over to the campus pastor and their team to uh, start baptizing people. Yeah. And wow. see people meet Jesus and. Uh, I'll never forget Albuquerque, New Mexico. Like the craziest, <laughs> most, why are we planting a campus here? Yeah, yeah. was our first out of state. Okay. And in a different time zone. And just, why are we doing this? Sure, yeah, This yeah. is a weird, this is a very different town than Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually love that town. That's amazing. Good people. But I remember the, uh, when we actually were, we had planted them in their first, when they were in a, where were they? they were in a theater down at the Lobo Theater, just right down from UNM. Mm -hmm. Good time kind of renovating that project. Well, they outgrew that space within a year or two. So we went back, we found a Gold's gym and we we were renovating a gold, an old Gold's gym into, into a church. And it was a great project, um, went really well. We, I mean, we did entire renovation for including AV, construction, everything for 600 grand. It was oh, like wow. 20 thousand square foot building. We turned it into a church and it looked great. So it was like, it was a very plug and play building. Uh -huh. uh, we didn't have to do too much, but it was, it was, a, it was like probably the best project money for like the outcome. Sure. Like we were just thrilled with that. If we could do that every time we would have been really happy. Um, you could, I don't think you could do that today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it <laughs> yeah. was nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I remember the first, the first service were there and, uh, I saw this. I saw this family. Uh, entire family got baptized. Oh wow! Twelve of them. Like what? 
dad gets baptized and then turns around and immediately starts baptizing his family. Wow. And just like uh, the number of times I've seen like that kind of just life change uh, through Mars Hill was unbelievable. Like that, that picture, that moment of just seeing that, mm. yeah, it just makes, is so special. Right. And the fact that that, that season for that organization is, is long gone. Right. But seeing how like the skills and experience God had given me, like afforded a front row seat, seeing him actually work in yeah. churches, it's pretty compelling for me right. on a daily basis to, to lead my team now as we do projects like that, just for churches yeah. all over the country. To get to, to be able to see that again, yeah, and be able to maintain that seat, and rather than doing it for one church, doing it for lots of churches. So, right. you know, along the way, I moved to Chicago and had an opportunity to work at another company that didn't make it. Uh, they had some some real challenges that, but I, I learned some really great things working with that team, really mm-hmm. good people, and I ended up in Chicago with my wife and at the time four kids. I think we had a, <laughs> two cats and a dog. Jeez, and we, uh, what are we gonna do? So yeah, we. Moved into an apartment. I'd never been in an apartment before. I actually, uh-huh. like, I, I loved it. I call someone else to fix all the stuff in <laughs> yeah. the breaks. I'd never experienced that <laughs> right, before. It was yeah. like, this is great. Why? Right. Why do people want to own homes? Right. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and we just, yeah, we we downsized and buckled down, and um, God kind of just opened up the door for a friend uh, in Nate Krause and I had to kind of start what is, what's now a pretty large company. In yeah. Amplio. Amplio, yeah. Open, open churches all over the place. So, uh, and it's cool. Like there's uh, the number of Sunday mornings that I've been able to show up at a, at a church and uh, see like the work that we've done and like God, God using that, continuing yeah. to use our work to change lives. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, it's what it's all about. Yeah. To me, it's amazing because we're so in the stuff the building and the, you know, you would build a, you know, build right, it and right. they will come type of mentality. Like it's just not, that's not true anymore, but to still be like building the best spaces we can build with the resources God's entrusted and being able to just see him continue to bless that and honor that and see people meet Jesus. Like that's just, this seeing life change is just the best. I mean, yeah. One of the, addicting. <laughs> one of the things that I love, I've been reading in Ephesians recently and mm-hmm. Ephesians 2.10 is the, you are God's handiwork, creating Christ Jesus for good works, prepared mm-hmm. in advance for you to do. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about that verse is just that each of us created uniquely by God for a purpose in advance. I think it's real easy for a tech person to just kind of either discount their abilities or the thing they're really good at. I know for me, this was true, like life change is happening over there yep. and I'm facilitating it. Yep. Um, I'm not a part of it. Right. And I think just that, all those, the way God's wired us, the way the things that we care about, they're all a part of how God has designed the body of Christ to function. And that's beautiful. And yep. to, to uh, yeah, to be in touch with that. I think it's hard to stay in touch with that yeah. when you're in the stuff. I think it's so easy for tech people to stand behind whatever desk or console or you know, position they're in and say, I support that. Right. At the cost of not being a part of it. Yeah. And like, yes, God is working through the service and the work that we're doing, but like he actually wants to change our lives too. He doesn't want us, he doesn't want to just allow us to be part of him changing other people's lives. Like uh, he wants, he wants to actually change our lives. And I remember so vividly, like 
I think in the especially in technology, like it attracts a lot of introverts. It attracts a lot of people who right. aren't super comfortable being either with other people or even vulnerable. Like just right, right. We're t- pretend to be sure, more yeah. introverted and <laughs> yeah. quiet and. I don't put me on stage. I don't want to be behind a microphone right, right. type of type of people. And, uh, and at the same time, like we tend to be a little nerdy. Yeah. We like playing with equipment. We like watching right. the Apple keynotes and yeah. seeing what the new stuff is that's coming out and what right, they're right. doing that's different. And when we go to do a project, like building a system that's like really going to be great. Um, sometimes like it's easy to get disconnected, like what we're building and what we're working on, the tools that we have right. from really from that, the purpose, the mission and the yeah, purpose right. of what, mm-hmm. what we're trying to accomplish. And I remember vividly the, the moment that like, <laughs> I wouldn't say God shook me, but he like probably had just been showing me for a while that mm-hmm. idea that like, hey, what your building's not necessarily directly connected to what I'm trying to do here. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're, we're driving in different lanes. Mm-hmm. And I think that had manifested itself in like lack of trust from leadership at that point in time in my, sure. in my, in my work. There's a wanting to do things in a certain way that like leadership of the church looked at that. And there wasn't necessarily the high, it wasn't the highest peak of trust that sure. I had built with them. Yeah, okay. We, we needed to build more trust for them to say, hey, here's, you know, I trust you, yeah. go do this project right, and right. I needed to justify a lot of things more so than I felt like I needed to at the time. But sure. in retrospect, you know, my, my motive wasn't necessarily totally aligned with, with God's intent. Right. But I remember just vividly that moment where like I broke down in tears and uh, I just saw it so clearly that like, what's the point? Why am I doing this? Right, right. And I mean, we tech people work so hard. Yeah so hard, so many hours unseen, thankless hours. And some of it maybe is like not prioritizing or being great workers right. at times. Like we all- My own fault. Oh yeah, yeah I'll right. get to that later. And um, <laughs> some of it's just being asked a lot and not being able to necessarily know how to communicate best with leadership, like what the real cost is. Right. Um, and some of it's just building my own thing and being excited about the thing I'm building and right, pouring right. myself into that instead of my marriage or my- family or right, right. even really into my ministry. Yeah. Well, I think the the one thing that's very interesting to me about what we do is uh, just using your, your example of trying to do things a certain way, the best way mm-hmm. that you're, you care very deeply about what you're building. And that's how God designed mm-hmm. each of us to care that much about something mm-hmm. that we were the ones who are making it happen. Yeah. But I think what tends to then happen is that I also have to let it go. So you're like, it's a paradox of hanging on to something as hard as you can because nobody else cares. But also then like, okay, well, I have to be able to let it go for the best for our church, the best for the service, the... And that the thing that I care most about isn't always the most important thing. But I have to treat it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, or even just understanding like, how's that thing that I'm doing? Like having a real perspective of how is what I'm doing line up with the other things that we're doing as an organization to really bring about life change in people's lives? How am I actually contributing to it? How are my decisions? And yeah, just uh, understanding like, I think in that season of like just really wrestling through, what am I building? Am I building my kingdom or am I building his? Yeah. His kingdom over my empire? 
something that yeah, yeah. people say that. Really being able to understand like if I had $100,000 to invest into the organization and what we're doing right now is the project, the equipment, the this, this thing we're trying to do, replacing this bad, broken, old thing. Like what's the right return? Like what do I, what's the right amount to put into that? Right, right. And how can I put the rest into ministry dollars that we actually can go do a community dinner or outreach sure, or right, right. hire that, you know, youth pastor we don't we don't have right now or or in the in a multi site environment. How can can we get two campuses out of this dollar amount? Because right. <laughs> if we can be preaching the gospel in two schools, that'd be amazing. Instead right, of right. like one, you know, one permanent super location. awesome. I don't yeah. know, whatever yeah, it is yeah, where yeah, you're right. at. Like thinking through that big picture mentality of like like how do I stand before God and give an account that I like you, I mean, it's the parable of the talents. He entrusts resources right. to us, and uh, how do we how do we steward that opportunity the best we possibly can? And are we actually thinking about that? Are we aware of that? So, yeah, and I think so much of the um, if I would just think about my own life as a younger TD. You know, spend a lot of time just trying to figure out how can I survive this, yeah. and how can I make this easier for me? Yep. And so I'm spending time and money trying to simplify and, you know, so I'm not always pushing for the newest, greatest because I yep. I just need it to be simple or uh, that's why I react so strongly to your great ideas because I don't want to do them <laughs> because I'm already working too hard. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it's a uh, self-preservation was uh, for me was a big I mean, big that's motivator. why we ended up meeting each other and getting on planes and going to Dallas to meet one another. Right, yeah. Like we're lonely it's before social media. It was like right. just as like you, we were all, yeah, the only people on social media sure. were tech people. And well, uh, uh, maybe we the, there was no iPhone. Was it before that? Oh man. I certainly didn't we're have so one. <laughs> we're so old. <laughs> I mean, I think you I was on so a Blackberry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was on some T-Mobile Outlook something. Yeah. I mean, I had the internet, but it didn't, it wasn't. <laughs> I could do email. I think that was, bad. that was about yeah, it for right. my phone. Yeah. A no. Full keyboard. That's great. Right. Yeah. Like for the it's actual huge. buttons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It wasn't that, that was about them. Yeah. What we do is so difficult. And I think even myself, I don't necessarily appreciate how difficult it is. Yep. And if I have a hard time appreciating how difficult it is, then most everyone around me who doesn't really know what I do has no idea yeah. how difficult it is, especially the so many unseen time, mm -hmm. you know, of making something work or happen, you know, for hours in a dark room somewhere yep. that nobody will ever know about. Yeah. Just to get that one little detail. Right. right. Yeah. And I think it puts us in a really tough spot. Yeah. When, yeah. So we can keep going down the road. I got all sorts of ideas yeah. on this front. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, just their own, their own rhythm and balance. So like, uh, as I meet tech directors, since I've been continuing to like, just meet with tech directors around the country for the last seven years, eight years, since leaving Mars Hill, I mean, the average tenureship is pretty low. Yeah. Uh, on staff at a church, I believe it's like, uh, I think 4.4 is the last number I saw. Okay. Four to five years is the average. That's the average tenure. I'm sorry, that was that, that, that's that, that's that was the average employment Across all, all people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not just, just tech people. Culturally. All church. Not even church. Oh. Like like, like people who everything. have jobs. Office jobs. Wow. All jobs in America. I think it's 4.4 is wow. the number I saw published wow. a few weeks ago. Is that That's how long. So we don't go and have careers like we used to anymore. Sure. 
Um, and there's this idea inside ministry that like you're all in and at some high expense, a cost. Sure. Um, specifically the tech director role, like the number of people who have been in their role for more than four years is that they're not helping that number get bigger. Right, right. They're definitely, it's definitely lower than that. There's lots of transition in that role. Uh, it's pretty consistent. Some of that is, you know, I think broken relationship, not trust, no respect. Right. Big piece of that's pay. Yep. Tech directors don't make a lot of money. I think it's also a career path to, for lack that's of a better biggest, term. Like that's you my get, biggest piece. You get to a place, there's nowhere to go. There's no career path. Like right. the number of dentist choice who go from tech director to communications lead to, you know, executive, pastor, executive yeah. like he's leading their Vista campus and he's yeah. on the one of four guys on the, on the board, like uh, the, yeah. the leadership team now. Yeah. Like that, that's, you know, there's a, Think of like a guy like Aaron Acey who went from like he was the tech director kind of in those circles when, you know, a decade ago in Kearney, Nebraska. And now he's an executive pastor of a mega church multi-site in Omaha. Yeah. And like the number of guys who have that story, there's so much potential to go from like a tech director to an executive pastor. Yeah. But it's not seen as like a mainstream, like natural stepping stone. Right. But like it's not the norm. It's the exception that guys can make that jump. Gals can make that jump. But yeah. It's a... Uh, yeah, there's just such a lid on like, you know, if you ask the average tech director, like, hey, where do you think you're going to be in 5, 10, 20 years? I mean, I don't usually hear like grand, exciting <laughs> plans or visions right. or here's what I here's what I aspire or hope to do. It's kind of like, I'm just going to be here doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But like, no, like you're going to get married, you're going to have kids and this is not a head of household income. What's the plan? Right. What is the next step for you? Where do you go from here? How do you yeah. support this ministry? and provide for your family and um, really helping people like think through that and understand where they're going to go. Like they end up just getting embittered, hard-hearted, yeah. totally burned out and crispy. Like yeah, I've hired a lot of people who got burned out working at the church over the last right, right. seven years and yeah. really provided a space to talk through that and trying to get healthy again. But like we should, we should, probably transition from our current role before we get to that place and right. or figure out like how to lead well in that and find a community. That's why I love Philo is like a huge part of that, just that community and inspiration and encouragement to help help tech directors really grow in their current space so they can navigate because you're going to navigate that. Yeah. 4.4 4 years is the average for yeah. any job. You're going to be in a different role at some point. And how are you going to handle that? And where are you going to go? Like yeah. this idea that ministry is like, you're going to be in that position forever, especially in the tech position. Like you're yeah. not going to be there forever. What are yeah. you going to do? How are you going to handle that? How are you going to finish well? How are you going to provide for your family? And yeah. Yeah. I think the, one of the things I love about Philo, just the idea that there are no perfect solutions. There are, there's no perfect answer, but just the fact that you're in it, you're around other people that like, oh yeah, I deal with that too. And I don't have an answer. Oh, well, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to call Willow Creek all the time. Uh, and they would generally answer <laughs> the phone, uh, which was so great, driving home from work or whatever and say, hey, what do you do about, like I have a youth huh. pastor that doesn't, he doesn't take no for an answer or, you know, whatever. Who would answer the phone? Like the front desk lady? No, no, like, no. I have, yeah, I have people on the, on the production on the, team. On the production team. You they, actually get someone on their production team on the phone, just call them. Yep. You mm -hmm. just call them on the way home. Yeah. And they'd answer you. Yeah. Until they actually hired you, uh, yeah, that was not the goal. Certainly, <laughs> but um, the um, yeah. So I mean, honestly, uh, I I had Bruce Smith's phone number, <laughs> and he would answer, answer pick the phone. up. Yeah, and there was a spot on my drive home. 
uh, whatever cell phone carrier I had, there was a giant black hole. So I would sometimes just pull off to the side of the road, finish the conversation. But yeah, I would call, he'd pick up, talk for 10 minutes. And so that using that example, so yeah, I, at the time I had a youth pastor, it was just, it was a tough, it was tough yeah. and I didn't have answers. And so, so you found a, you found a tech director at yeah. another church yep. who was maybe a step or two ahead of you. Yep. And, but you never formalized like, Hey, would you be my guy? I can nope. call and help. No, nope. you just kind of did that. Yeah. And uh, the yeah, the beauty was he would say, "Yeah, we got the same problem over here," yeah, or something <laughs> I was like that. For you, and I'm just like, "But it's normal." Thank God. Yeah, it's <laughs> not, not just me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I mean, part of my story is back in that time period, I was so desperate for, you know, I'm a tech person, and suddenly I'm leading tech people. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, and. Yeah. I look around you know, at the time in the Detroit area, there was, I mean, hardly any church had a tech director, right. let alone a team of people that a, that a tech person is leading. Yeah. And so I'm gonna say, I called information, if you remember those days. Oh, yeah. And like, I need mega church in, like I was looking for mega churches in big <laughs> cities and I would just call. So like at the time, uh, I think that's how I, got in touch with Dennis Choi the first time. Okay. Daryl Kripe. You're just like San Diego, mega church. I need this. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the exact details, but yeah, it was something like that. And yeah, so Daryl Kripe and- okay. It was Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you know Bob Matosian? I do know Bob Yeah, Matosian. Bob at Coast Hills Community Church. Yeah. I totally just- He's at Crossline in uh, Laguna Hills now. Yeah, reached out. I'm like, help me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, was I was just looking for community and- just somebody who maybe knew more than me or yeah. even less than me would be fine, but just to, to feel like, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah, because you couldn't get that from your boss. They didn't know. No, really they had no idea what I was doing. You can't get that from your wife. No, no, uh, nobody else. Your friends just don't understand. Right. Yeah, so anyway, all that to say, Bruce Smith uh, was one of those people those that guys. picked up the phone. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, really, uh, yeah, it was a huge help to me. So I guess for people listening to this, there's, there's two two kind of challenges there I hear, like who's the person that you can call and talk to? If you don't have anyone, you need to seek that out. Yeah. But then also like when people call you. Pick up like, the phone. Who are you the lifeline for? Who, yeah, who, right. who are you encouraging? How's God using you to in other people's lives? Like that's that's cool. And I think the, the other part of it too, it's like you don't have to have all the answers. So, you know, like yeah. Bruce did not have all the answers. Yeah. He just said, yeah, we don't, if you figure it out, let me know. Yeah. Was enough for me. Yeah. And I think it's just being heard. And to somebody that understood, he had totally got what I was saying, yep. had no answers. Yeah. Uh, but that was what I needed. Yeah. We were talking before I hit record about a friend who uh, has left his church. Yep. And you just think about how many conversations could have been had. Yep. Had he reached out, had somebody else reached out to him. Yep. Uh, that could have prevented this or just had it go down differently or yeah. uh, I don't even know all the details, but you just think about all the people that fry themselves. Yeah. And actually now that we're talking about it, the person, this is maybe a rabbit trail, the person who I took their job when I was in Detroit, yeah. he totally cooked himself. Yeah. And basically <laughs> um, he got to a place where he just went to the church leadership and said, we need to split my job into three positions and I will do one of them. And, but he was so fried that he couldn't communicate it well. Yeah. And they're just like, no, we're not doing that. What percentage um, of church tech people do you think are 
already too fried. It's probably a, over 50%. I would be willing to bet that, and even like as you look at different positions at the local church, like what positions in the church are most prone to being, to getting that, to getting that place and feeling like that weight and really just addressing it until it's too, too late yeah. to, to salvage. Like I think I mean, so senior many pastor tech tech, the tech director is totally there. Yeah. Who else would you put in that bucket? I mean, those, those two jump out at me. Yeah. I don't know. I think those, yeah, those it feels two like are the, unique. A lot of the other positions you're, it's semi-public Yeah. Uh, and you're, yeah, there's well, nowhere just, to, yeah, less not, places to hide. It's just the job doesn't sprawl in the same way. So yeah. the senior pastor, like you get it. They're carrying the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, it's on well, them. And I think as a tech person, you're touching everything. Yeah. Every ministry at the church, yeah. typically you're involved in. Yeah. And yeah, nobody else. Can see that or understand that. Right. There's no limits to what that is. There's a lot of after hours things and regular hour things. Right. Days off things. Group of my friends, part of a church uh, campus that just opened a building and yeah. they're super excited. And we went to grand opening and it's really cool. The yeah. building's cool. They're yeah. excited. And I'm just, uh, you know, like now you can do stuff all the time yeah. instead of just Sunday at the high school. Right. Uh, so great Which is a opportunity for ministry. <laughs> yeah. But for the tech person, like you better have some boundaries set up or something. Yeah, yeah. Because now like Tuesday morning, the women's ministry is using this room and yeah. oh, the, you know, we have the, the only room big enough to hold all those people is the main auditorium. Yeah. And even though it's only 200 people, but so now someone's got to be there. Go and yep. yeah. So I think it's just real easy to, uh, well, and I, I think too, uh, th- at least for me, I'm very, I'm a responsible person and I don't want to let people down. Yep. And, you know, you tell me you can't have your, uh, your women's ministry breakfast if I don't show up and do it. I'm probably going to do it yep. because I, I don't want to let anyone down, Yeah, which is, that starts from a great place. Right. And but we'll eventually, in a very bad place. Yeah, that's <laughs> in a very bad place. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, th- I, I think the, you know, part of it is, okay, so I'm a hyper responsible person. And the thing for me is that I take on too much responsibility. So, yeah. I, you know, if the women's ministry needs me to show up, then I'm going to, because who else is going to do it? Well, um, maybe what I should do instead is go to my boss and say, hey, I'm, I'm already working this many hours here as I've been keeping track. And yeah. so if we're adding this, I need to take something else off. Can you help me figure this out? Yeah is the responsible thing to do instead yeah. of just piling it on and piling it on and piling it on. And nobody knows that the pile on is happening yep. except for you and your, maybe your spouse yep. when that's not really, it's not our job to determine what's most important yep. or that everything's most important. And I think from experience, I had a guy that worked for me that he was just piling it all on and then finally got to a place where he's like, I got to set up boundaries. And so he just like, hard line, not doing it. And it was not cool, you know, just the way he went about it. So he like alienated everybody and then ended up basically the senior pastor was like, he's got to go. Yeah. And so like the thing that you've been holding on to, the thing you've been supporting, the thing you've been pouring everything into when you're not creating that space, that balance, that own health, when you lose your own perspective, when you aren't, when you aren't growing, when you, when you aren't like when God isn't working in your life, and you're just like, God needs me to do this work. He has a way of humbly reminding you that <laughs> he will continue to do his work without you. Yeah. He can continue to do his work without your church. 
Yeah, right. Like I'm, the number of churches I've seen kind of evolve, change, you know, things that were God was working through. He, he, he'll, he's faithful to continue to do his work and he'll just, he'll just do it in a different way. He'll work through a different group of people. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to be a part of something he's working through. We have to be faithful. We have to, I think we got to know how to like go for a walk, yeah. take a day off, mow, mow the lawn. Right. Use your vacation <laughs> and days. Be, and not be like, <laughs> yeah, use your vacation. Don't let it roll over. Yeah. I was working on a, uh, we'll call it a blog post for lack of a better thing, just writing about being a leader uh, as a tech person in the local church. And so the the thing was about leading yourself yep. that really, if you're bad at that, you really can't lead anything else. Right. It's a matter um, of time before you blow up. And so for me, it was like, I'm going to forget all the different things, but like have a hobby yep. was one, <laughs> you know, go home, yep. you know, just like a bunch of, a yep. bunch of things to read your Bible, yep. exercise, eat right. Yep. Like all these things that I think, I mean, if I'm honest, I'm living on the the bad side of all those things at the moment. <laughs> um, and I, as I'm writing it, you know, I'm yep. just like, dude, you got to like pull it together yourself. <laughs> um, because I think it's so easy to say, you know, I'm so busy. I don't have time to do right. this thing. But if I'm not careful, uh, I will run myself into the ground. Yep. I will run myself into the ground, not my boss, my, well, and I think as- a, And you'll sit there and get defensive that everybody else is running into the ground. Right. But and if you actually really, took 10 minutes and right. really thought about it, you'd be like, I've done nothing for myself. Right, yeah. <laughs> I haven't made time for myself. I mean, when I was doing, uh, when I was in Michigan, especially, like my time was not, I did not consider it a resource to be considered. Yeah. Other I people's still time, with that. yeah. Other people's time, the budget, all this stuff, yeah, yeah. Those are resources, but my time, expendable. Yeah, I will give it all. Yeah, um, and that doesn't really help anyone. It's growing as a person, but then growing as a leader, it's like it's challenging. Yeah, it's super challenging, especially if you're trying to do it on your own. Like it's really hard road to walk down, trying to trying to grow as a leader and recognizing that often your team is limited by. Like I feel it all the time. Like my yeah. team here. It's got so much potential. So like, it's the best group of people I've ever worked with. And uh, I feel the weight constantly of like, I need, I need to take time for myself that I can maintain perspective, that I can continue to grow as a leader. Because right. if, if I can't continue to grow as a leader, like all of their potential and what, like how God could use them and what they are capable of going and, and doing and the impact they're able to have in a local church. Like it's totally it's totally limited by my ability to be a good leader. Yeah. <laughs> like that weights. Gulp. Oh yeah, right. for sure. <laughs> sure, and that's no different than when I was on staff at a church. I'm just right. maybe a little bit older and well, I mean, you think about more clearly than yeah, I used to be able to. Leading volunteer teams of tech people doing the yeah. service. Like if you're not healthy, if you don't have a great perspective, if you're not yeah. doing things for the right reasons, yeah, your team's going to be a lesser version of whatever that is. Yeah. And yeah, like... Yeah, if you're not healthy, the people you're leading behind the camera, behind the console, like right. they're probably a less healthy version of you. Right. Or their <laughs> perspective on what they're doing right. is a less healthy version. I mean, I think, you know, leading yourself is something we're all responsible for. Yeah. And I think the, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. It's easy to hide behind the console and not really be at church or be a part of your church. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, okay, we're at the service, we're working the service. There's a, can't stop doing that. Yep. But it's also not really the church's responsibility for my own spiritual life. Yep. It's my responsibility. Yep. My, you know, if, if, if I'm having a personal relationship 
with anyone. That's my responsibility. And so it doesn't, it's no different with, with God. He wants to be with you and it's not just showing up at a building, yep. but it's every day. How am I taking responsibility for my own spiritual life? Yep. Uh, I think it's real easy to, uh, I can even think of my own life. You know, I'm never at church. I never get to go to church. I'm always working. Well, it's my responsibility to figure it out. Yep. And you are at church and you do have relationships with people and you are connected and you're hearing the Bible yeah. get preached and you are present in that corporate worship. And that's that's great. You still need to go home and process that or right. you know, find time for, for that own quiet time for yourself. And like just because you have to work the services isn't an excuse that right. you aren't sitting still before God. Like we should all learn how to be uncomfortable sitting still in quietness in our own space and way and time to just hear from him. Which I think uh, if I'm honest is a, is a challenge for everyone who's at church, not just the people sitting in the, in the booth. Right. It's every, every every person. Yeah. Right. We've got devices and things on everywhere. Like, uh, it is, it is a good thing to go to a park and find a rock and sit on it for four hours (laughs) And with a journal or nothing, yeah. and just sit there and be quiet. And it is something that, like, I try to teach my kids this. I try to take them on trips and lead them in, in, in just finding uh, just quiet and turn everything off and just, like, God can't speak to us with all the noise. Yeah. And yeah. if we don't create some quiet space, it's not even church. Like, that's right. not even the no, problem yeah. for, for our culture. It's, like, there were... There's just so many distractions that like we don't allow quiet space ever in our day. Like actually go through your day and where do you have quiet space where you're not, where you're shutting out all your other thoughts and everything. Like it's just, yeah, not healthy. You think about uh, 50 years ago, oh. our whole lives were full, full of, of empty space. Yep. And yeah, now there is none. I mean, you could fill every moment. I think the moment. sinful nature of our hearts has been challenged for since day one (laughs) yeah but i think culture today it is harder to it is harder to be a christian yeah the the pace and the amount of information like you don't accidentally stumble into deep thoughts or perspective or maturity in, in in your faith right it's just not something that you accidentally stumble into it is something that you make a decision to pursue yeah and and you pursue it by literally doing nothing right yeah (laughs) Which I think that, yeah, 50 years ago, you didn't have to pursue quiet. Yeah. It it was a part of your, you know, for, I would imagine most people's lives, like walking to school yeah. or laying in bed, just all these moments where you don't have a phone, you don't have the radio yeah. going, you, you know, it's just, you're bored a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes just, like so a couple of years ago, I started running. I always mocked runners and then <laughs> I did it for three weeks because I signed up for this race and all of a sudden now I love it and I've been doing it for years. Yeah, Like even runners will like put in podcasts and music and like mm-hmm. we entertain ourselves. We're on the treadmill and we're watching Netflix. Like right. we're entertaining ourselves even in the small spaces we could find some space. So one of my favorite things now is like when I go for a, a run, like I just, I'll leave my phone home. I won't yep. listen to anything. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just outside running and I'm like, I'm finding my end because I'm getting tired and I'm, I'm kind of working myself. And like to kind of come to your physical end, come to a wall and to just be totally like out, just free of all distractions. Like, yeah. 
yeah, it's, it's just, it's the best. I mean, it, it hurts and it's hard. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, God meets me and when I'm running, yeah. it's crazy. That's so great. Um, I like going for longer runs because like I enjoy that time, that space. Yeah. And uh, even when I'm taking the train into like downtown Chicago every so often, yeah. every week or two, I try to get down there just for a, a day in the town, just really unplug from things. And like, I look around and everybody's listening to whatever the latest podcast or right, music right. or whatever it is. And like, I try to just sit and listen to nothing. I, I just look out the window and, <laughs> yeah, you know, be a kid again. Huh. This was good. It's always good hanging yeah, out with you. I was going to say we should do this more often, maybe not record it. Yeah, but, we don't uh, record it. Just, just, yeah, just hang just out. Hang out. Yeah, thanks for making time it's again. to me. Yeah, likewise. Thanks. Yeah. Well, that's some good stuff from Jeff. So much of what we talked about, I love. And it's really hard for me to pinpoint a few points to highlight that I loved. It was all good for me. Maybe but one sentence. You know, are we using our gifts as technical artists to build our own kingdom or are we building God's kingdom? I thought that's something real easy to lose sight of when you're kind of in the trenches just trying to make it all work. Anyway, like I said at the top of the podcast, conversations with Jeff, uh, you know, make me a better person. And so, yeah, thanks for the time, Jeff. It was really great. Just a reminder, we got Philo 2019 Anaheim coming up. Again, the price is about to go up, but if you use the Podcast 99 code, you can get your ticket for 99 bucks, which is $70 off the current price. Uh, if you're at our website, well, why not sign up for Philo 2020 in Chicago too? Maybe every six months is uh, a better rhythm to get inspired and learn something new. We got great speakers, fun plans at both. I would love to have you at one or both. If you like our podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the places. Uh, we'd love for you to review us on iTunes. Helps us get the word out. And uh, you can find us on social media, at Philo Community on Facebook and Instagram, and at Philo Conference on Twitter. We'd also love feedback. Give us your ideas, future podcasts, ways we can improve, guests that would be great to have. Email us at philopodcast at philo.org. All right, see you next time.